Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. said that the work-at-home mom gets the best of both home and work, but she also gets the worst too. While that might sound a little fatalistic to some, especially to those who've always mistakenly looked at working from home as the holy grail of career arrangements, as a woman who has been a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, and now a work-at-home mom, I'd completely agree. A work-at-home mom gets the best, but also sometimes the worst of the scenarios. But there's hope, mamas. Today, Kate Battistelli and I are continuing our three-part series on working moms. The first part, Work Outside the Home Moms with Emily Thomas, aired just a couple of weeks ago. So if you missed that, go head on over and um, give a listen. But today, we're joined by Heather McFadden, wife mother of four boys, and host of the wildly popular Don't Mom Alone podcast. Now, September will be back with us in a couple of weeks to help us round out this series with um, an interview by a mom who works outside the home, but not from her own choosing. So you'll want to check out that podcast when it airs. But I want to welcome Heather. Thank you so much for joining us, Heather, today. Thank you all for having me. Can you just tell us a little bit more about you and maybe your family and even your work at home gig for those who are not familiar? Sure. Uh, Like you said, four boys, they're currently between the ages of seven and 14. So they all this year head out to school every morning. Um, I'm not homeschooling anyone. They go to a private school. In my past, I have a master's in speech language pathology. So even when I started having kids, I always had a little something else that I would do um, for a season that looked like teaching a university course outside the home and a student would watch my son in an office. Uh, Another season, it was a private practice and saw kids outside of my home or in their homes while my son attended a Mother's Day out. Once I got to three kids, I stopped doing speech language pathology and started writing more online and doing uh, more with the MOPS ministry. Just there's a something else that I can put my energy into outside of motherhood. Mm, I worked with MOPS for several years too, and that was just such a wonderful uh, season in my life when I really just needed some adult interaction from other moms who were down in the trenches who could come alongside me and be an encouragement. So that's awesome. So I'm, I'm gathering from your story, you've always had some sort of work outside the home or work from the home, and that maybe the impetus for that in some ways was just being able to use your giftings um, in a way that was beneficial to others, but also to yourself. Would you, would you say that that rings true? Absolutely. I think every mom, in whether she's forced into it or is just wise enough to do it, should take a lot of time to consider how God made her, her wirings outside of skills. I'm not talking about what skill she has. I'm saying, how is God uniquely wired her? And 
is there a place in her life that those, that wiring is getting an outlet and being used, not necessarily for her glory, but for God's or for what he is assigning her to do. And that could look, it could look like a thousand different things, but I always encourage a mom who's struggling with motherhood. I ask her, you know, what did you enjoy to do? What did you enjoy before kids? What have you enjoyed when you were a kid yourself? Really think through your unique wiring, tools like Strength Finders, tools like Enneagram. Figure out how you see the world and where your strengths are and figure, brainstorm with God on what that looks like, how you use that. Mm, that's really good. There's so much in there. And we're going to cycle back to some of what you just said in just a second. But Kate, I'm curious to know, did you work outside the home at all or maybe work from home when you were raising Franny? I didn't work outside the home, but we've always had some type of home business, usually in the health field in direct sales. Because I'm a big believer that you can be a mom and have a side hustle, as they say today, at the same time. And I mean, I'm also a big believer that mom is not your only name. God has created you for more than that, especially for moms whose kids are leaving the nest. They're getting ready. Maybe this is their last year of high school and next year they go to college. And and I know I freaked out when my daughter left, but there is so much more, I believe, that God has for us in addition to being a mom. And I homeschooled back in those days and it was a busy time, but one I really treasure. Now, to be fair, I only had one child. So it was probably a lot easier for me than for the mom who has, like my daughter just had her fifth baby. So she's got five from nine down to zero, a couple months. And, you know, she's chasing toddlers around, but I'm convinced it's all about the timing. And like um, Heather was saying, just taking time to listen, taking time to look at your life. What are those things that you love, but also listen to the Holy Spirit. He knows if you should be having a home business right now, what it should be if this is the time. God, I know God is all about timing. So I just recommend take some time to pray, get, get some good counsel before you start anything new. But if he gives you the go ahead, be brave and step out. Just do it. Yeah. And I think too, recognizing that there are seasons, you know, like I had mentioned, I was a work outside the home mom for about a year. And then, you know, God pulled the plug on that season and called me home. And then I was a stay at home mom for many, many years and found so much delight and joy and, and knew exactly that I was exactly where God wanted me to be. And that I didn't have to look outside my home for um, anything because I had enough right in front of me to keep me busy. But there, then he kind of shifted my gaze and began to point me in a different direction. And, and just, I was just so grateful that I could still remain at home and be at home with my kids. And of course I homeschool, so that keeps me plenty busy. So Heather, I'm wondering, I had mentioned the old adage, the work at home mom gets the best of both home and work, but she also gets the worst of both too. And I'm wondering if you agree with that and maybe if you could explain what that looks like or means to you. Well, I think even before talking about that, and you you mentioned it about the episode September is going to do, a lot of the moms I interact with that have young kids that are starting a side hustle, whether they're creating a business from scratch, they're joining a multi-level marketing kind of option, or doing a little bit of social work, a little bit of their professional career and fitting it in, is is out of necessity. And we, we have to recognize that being a full-time stay-at-home mom is a luxury and a choice. And honestly, if you look back at generations, no one was that. 
like, like we're talking agricultural society. Moms were working all the time. There weren't a lot of moms sitting on the floor playing with their kids, feeling that guilt that they're pulled to something else. I mean, we were, we were just work at home. Moms was a thing. (laughs) That was just what everybody was. So I think sometimes we get stuck in our culture and our generation and we forget the luxury of that. And even the luxury of like I was talking about figuring out how you're wiring and figuring out a, a way to use your gifts. Sometimes that's not even a choice. And so having a side hustle is necessary for your family to flourish um, financially and cost of childcare outside if you worked outside the home is too high. And so it's just financially an option. And so what I see with those moms to answer your question is they something's got to give. And the something that gives is their time for relaxation and for self-care. And so they are working in the margins. That's where if I did any podcasting or even the days my son was in Mother's Day out, it meant that on my day where kids are in childcare or at school, I'm working. So that means I'm not resting. And, you know, people who work outside the home, that's true for them too. They often lose that self-care time. But I think something to consider, you know, the best and the worst of both worlds is where can you make that space? Because the challenge when you work from home is it's always there. And setting those boundaries becomes a lot more challenging. So is it a true Sabbath rest? For me, that has looked like Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, staying off social media, staying off work and choosing to rest in those days and really put a lot of attention into connecting with my kids, getting rest myself, connecting with my husband so that I'm not strung out the rest of the week and just yelling at everybody because so I'm with them and I'm staying home, but I'm not someone anyone wants to be around. So there's then guilt raises up and shame. And so I would challenge the mom who is working from home to consider, is there a place in your day that you can create boundaries to get the rest that you need and the connection with your family and your husband that will take away that guilt? Yeah, I'd agree. Boundaries is definitely the key. I know when I was a work outside the home mom, I could, you know, I was teaching in the classroom and, and we all know that teachers jobs are never really done. You bring it all home and do it at home. But there was a a point where I could say, I have clocked out and I'm going home to be the mom. But now as a work at home mom, you know, I have the luxury of being able to do my work in my jammies and kind of, as you said, fitting it in wherever I am able to here and there in the pockets of the day. But my mom work is never done and my working work is never done. And if I'm not careful to set up those boundaries, I let the two leak into each other and I'm only one person, only physically able to do one thing at a time. And that can sometimes render me very frustrated when I feel like I'm dropping the ball all the time with every area of my life. But setting those clear boundaries helps me to kind of establish, okay, this is the time that I'm going to work. And this is the biggest fire that needs to be tackled. And maybe my motherhood responsibilities have to not be set aside completely, but maybe I don't 
come at them with the same amount of gumption that I would if I was just wearing my mom hat, you know, and I have to kind of let something slide, you know, you're, you're going to make breakfast this morning because I have to work or, um, we're not going to have homemade bread. We're going to have store-bought bread because that's just the way it goes. So yeah. And with that, there does come a lot of mommy guilt at times. So what has been the biggest struggle of working from home for you? We all have our, our own individual stories, but um, what's been your biggest struggle and maybe even your biggest benefit? Well, I think one thing I would also recommend, and this comes from one of my biggest struggles, is sometimes a job where you work from home, there aren't clear boundary lines of done, like you were saying. And oftentimes we are adding expectations that come from comparison. So you're looking around and this mom is doing all those things. So I should do all those things or this, you know, let's say I have an online fashion boutique, you know, where people post clothing items on Facebook and sell them. And that's my side hustle. Well, there's another one like that. And they're so much better at doing live videos and posting more frequently. And so I should be doing that. And so we pile on expectations. And I think there were seasons of doing even the podcast where my life situation, um, my parents living with me, my mom was sick with chemo, I was homeschooling. I was not able to share, market, any of the thing, make cute little whatever videos for each episode. That was just not an option. So I didn't even consider adding that to my plate. And so there was this freedom that the, if the podcast is going to grow, God's going to have to do it and releasing control that it's up to me to craft these kids into something, or it's up to me to create this business and be this superstar entrepreneur, that there's a level of just you and God sitting down and saying, what's my part and what's your part? And what am I adding to my plate that you never intended? I'm just doing it because I feel like I should. It's kind of like when I was planning my wedding and that wedding story show was on TLC. And every time I watched an episode, I would add one more thing to my list of, oh, I didn't think about I should have this. And oh, I didn't think about I need to have little bags for people at, at the hotel. And no one expected those things. I was just adding it to my list because I saw it and was comparing and thinking that was something that needed to be added. So really for me, it's been this season of refining what's necessary, trusting God with the rest. And I think also I've learned over the years to pass off things to be a better team player. I tended towards individual sports growing up because I didn't want to rely on a team. And the same is true with the podcast. It's like, I'll just do it. I'll edit the show. I'll create the show notes. I'll do all of the work. And then really sitting back and thinking, okay, what's something that I could pass off that doesn't require me? And oh, there's plenty of highly qualified people that could do it. And yes, I'd be handing over money that could we could keep, but what kind of quality of life is it going to give back to me? And so that was a hard lesson of just kind of release both to God and to other people. Yeah. I love the idea of not doing all the things, but figuring out what's mine to do. And in recognizing that it makes it a lot easier to give your best yes to those things and be willing to relinquish a no to everything else. 
Kate, what about you? I know that you are a work at home mom right now. And although you don't have kids at home in this season of life, I know you have grandkids coming in and out, but I also know that we have some listeners in a similar stage. So I'm wondering if you could tell us um, what are some struggles that you face or maybe some benefits, and they're going to be slightly different from Heather's or mine just because of the season of life you're in. But what would you say is, is your biggest benefits and struggles of working from home right now? Gosh, well, I think a lot less distraction because I don't have kids around, but um, I love what you said, Heather. It's just, it's about delegating. Find somebody that's an expert at that thing and have them do it. But um, I think my biggest struggle now, just finding time to do all I know I want to do, because it is easy, like you said about comparison and comparison's the thief of joy. But when we're with social media, you're looking at all these other bloggers and writers and podcasters. And, and I'm always thinking, oh, I need to learn how to do that, what she's doing, because I don't know how to do it. And if I want to be, you know, if I want to build my platform and we can get so bogged down in that and in numbers. So I'm really working hard, especially in this season right now in the early winter, just to listen to the Lord, do only what he's asking me to do. Because right now in my life with a book out, being part of a podcast, my own home business, I do have more time and less distraction than the mom with kids at home, but I still have to fight the distraction of everything else, everybody else, what they're doing and, and constantly thinking I'm supposed to do that. I have to find, I'm, I'm really trying to hear from the Lord, what is my path? You know, Jesus said, my way, the way is narrow. And I want to find what is that narrow way that you've designed specifically for me that maybe doesn't look like everybody else. And I, and I get that sense from the Lord all the time that I'm taking you on a different path. It's not going to be the same as every blogger and writer and Instagram, you know, influencer out there. And that's okay. So I just want to use all those things that the Lord has given us with social media as a tool to share what the Lord wants me to share. So for me, it's, it's more of a narrowing down of what is that exact thing you want me to do, Lord, because I only want to follow you. Otherwise I'm spinning my wheels, you know, and we're just going to be stressed out and it, life's going to get crazy. It's interesting that all three of us work from home in some capacity, but our struggles and, you know, benefits can vary so greatly. I've shared on the podcast before that my husband works from home too. So while in so many ways that is, I know that that's such a gift and I don't take it lightly. And I know that I can think of many, many, many women in my life that would like to say the same. It does come with its, its own version of struggles in that we can very easily slip into sort of transaction mode in our marriage in that we see each other every second of every day and it becomes kind of like a business transaction and we can forget about the romance piece and the fact that we're supposed to be best friends, not just business partners. And we have to be very intentional to say, yep, I saw you all day today, but let's go on a date because then it's about him and I and our relationship and not about um, the bottom dollar but again, that takes some intentionality. And I think that's the the common thread in all of our stories is intentionality and setting good boundaries. Yeah, that's so good, Jamie, because my husband, he, we've always worked together. He's always worked from home. There was one season of four years where he was out of the house and I missed it. I missed him so much. It was like, this is just weird. I know this is how everyone else lives. And most women are like, oh, 
keep my husband gone all day, but I love having him around. We are best friends, you know, but you're right. You do have to be intentional to make that time where it's not about business. It's not about work. It's just about being together and being in love. Even after, gosh, what is it? 36 years. It's possible girls. <laughs> it's possible. That's good news to hear. So Heather, most of your boys, like you had mentioned, are all at ages of kind of relative self-sufficiency. I mean, you have a seven-year-old and I have one too, so I know that they're not totally there yet, but certainly capable. But what about when they were babies or toddlers? You had mentioned that you homeschooled during some of that season too. Um, and obviously that season required more of your hands and more of your help in everything. How did you work with little ones underfoot? Hmm. I think when they were little and we still had nap time and a quiet time for the older kids that probably lasted longer than uh, I've ever made my youngest have quiet time. But just that season of uh, everything shutting down for the afternoon, that was probably when I did most of my work. But honestly, I, was, I, I wasn't someone who was very good or chose to work when the kids were awake. So I think where my struggle came when they were little is um, I think after our third was maybe it was our second putting the kids to bed and going to the computer and my husband going to his computer and us missing each other. Like y'all are saying, I think we had to choose us, you know, a ritual almost of let's meet on the couch and catch up on the day and shut things down for the night um, or hang out, connect. And then if you really have to get something done, there's a deadline or something, go to work. But he and I are both um, achiever oriented. Are you here, dog? Is that your dog? Just one second. Boys, <laughs> can you please Real life. get him to stop barking? This is working at home. This should stay in the episode. <laughs> yes. I know. Oh, Barking dogs. Sorry, girls. No, that's reality. <laughs> that's the deal. Yeah. So we are both achiever oriented. So getting things done becomes our highest priority over connection. So we have to keep each other accountable to choose connection over productivity. And so it was meeting on the couch. It was praying before he left for work. And now it's walks on Saturdays. But I would say when they were really young kids, I I. I just never was very good at having my computer open and then being awake. And so I think that was the struggle and just, I just choose to be a part of things that didn't require me to have to work that much. So it really was things that I could fit in the margin because it's, it's what you say yes to if you have that luxury and um, saying no to the things that don't fit. I didn't say yes to traveling and speaking back then. But now I have the option that I could travel and it's not going to completely disrupt. It's not easy, but it's not going to completely disrupt our world um, if I have that choice. Again, a lot of these things are luxuries to get to choose. Right. But I think it does come down to a choice and recognizing that maybe in that season, your work from home life is going to look a little bit different than maybe it will even two, three, five years down the road. And that you might have a lot of big hopes and dreams and aspirations that will one day come to pass and come to fruition. But right now it, you're in a different season and you have to take maybe baby steps in, in your work life. Yeah. I think it was, I was in a knitting group. Are you jealous? A knitting group? 
um, a little jealous with some women from our church. And I was in that group for five years, but we met once a month. And I think it was one of the meetings they were talking about their kids. And I realized that they had had at that point more time, more years since their kids left the home than they ever had kids at home. And I was just entering the little years. So what that did for me is it gave me this measurement of is the thing that I'm about to say yes to worth losing the time that will be over very quickly. I will have time in the future to create that thing that God has put in me to create or do that ministry that I'm feeling pulled to do. Um, I think I, what I see in some gals of the next generation is there's this urgency to start the non-for-profit and to do the ministry and to write the book and do the podcast right away and not measuring the cost and recognizing that there's a long game here. Like everything doesn't have to be done now. Unless the urgency is because Jesus is coming back next year and we just got to get it done. And like, I mean, maybe I'm not going to judge if, if that's what Jesus is like, you just honestly have to make the thing. But I just want them to recognize um, there are so many years after your kids leave the home and Kate, you can attest to that probably better yeah. than even Jamie and I can. I call it the after party, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it is, you know, cause you, like I said before, mom's not your only name. God has a whole other life for you, but we, we, we can get bogged down. You're right. And just thinking I have to do it now. I've got to do it today. But God is all about seasons. He's all about timing. I mean, look how long Moses sat on the backside of the desert before God was ready for Moses to do it. He had called him, brought him onto this planet to do. So I think, you know, for me, I, I look at my daughter who just had her fifth baby. So she's got a newborn at home. I, I am so proud of the woman that she's become, the wife and mom, all of that. She just blows my mind with what she gets done every day with five kids, one a newborn, a home business, and a career. Because she has a home business too, like so many moms. I don't even know how, I never had that much on my plate. but And I do all I can to help her out, but she is a master organizer accomplishes way more than I ever dreamed of doing. But because of her career, now because of her career, she does have a nanny that helps tremendously, but she's completely involved in her kids' lives. And thank goodness we live nearby so we can step in whenever she needs us. And it's one of the, it is one of the great joys of getting older to have grandchildren. I mean, for all of you that are waiting for that, it's worth waiting for. And, you know, I'm the crazy woman who wanted five kids. I was only able to have one, but God knew the desires of my heart. And it kind of cracks me up that he's given me my desires just a generation removed, which the good part is it's a whole lot less diapers and being up all night. So <laughs> I'm glad for that. But yeah, it's just, it's, I, I think women today just want to feel like we have to take on all this stuff. And I know for, for my daughter, for Franny, she this is what God has called her to do all these different areas. And it's so much more than I believe he called me to when I was in that stage. But, you know, I'm doing things now at my age that I see other women my age that aren't doing anything. And I think there's so much more we can do if we're following the Lord. I mean, I, I don't believe in retirement. You know, if you're a Christian, you can retire from your job, but you don't get to retire from following the Lord and doing what he calls you to do. So to be putting out books in my sixties and doing podcasts, like, it makes no sense, but God doesn't care. You know, he's it's, this is his timing. So I'm just all about whatever he wants. And then the rest I don't care about. 
I think you hit it on the head though, Heather, that FOMO is a very real thing, especially for young women and living in this sort of Instagram, Pinterest era that we live in. It's easy to think that this is it. I have to put it out right now. And if I don't, I'll miss my window. But there are so many, many years should God allow ahead of you to be able to do all the things. And maybe for right now, this season is for planting those big dreams and nurturing them quietly in the silent hidden years of raising babies. Um, so never, never discount or discredit these building years, these learning years that, that maybe God has you in. Do you use any particular tools, Heather, to help you stay organized either with your home or your work responsibilities? I would not use the word organized with me. <laughs> At least you're honest. I, love <laughs> I would not. Real life. Uh, there, I've always had a paper calendar, but the problem I then have is I don't sync it with my phone calendar. And then I've gotten my, I've double booked myself before, um, multiple times. Um, my home is not organized. The only thing that I could like say, I've, I, I feel like it's a good idea is all my boys have uniforms and so we've always kept the uniforms downstairs and their socks downstairs in color-coded bins. So since it's four boys, and so we don't have to tech, check the tags every single morning, we have them hung by size and like a little color-coded coded tag. And then the bins are color-coded. So every boy has always had a color that's been his favorite. And we just stick with <laughs> stick with that system. That's brilliant. That's smart. I love it. Very smart. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I you got. And what? different socks. Like don't buy the same brand of socks for every boy. So my smart. oldest likes Nike, the other one's Under Armour. Then it's like a Hanes for my third. I mean, so that when I'm sorting socks, it's super obvious who's or who's. All the you way. know, I started that trick years ago, but the trouble comes when um, extended family likes to buy socks for Christmas and they like to buy the wild fun socks, yeah. which is wonderful. But then you try to go and fold them and you have no, no yeah, idea. We have, we have to wear white crew for school. So everybody has to have those. That's nice. You yeah, know what I'm hearing from you as you say that, and you're admitting that you're not as organized as you'd like to be. I'm reminded of something we've talked about here on the podcast and, and how easy it is for us as women to look at other women, especially for those of us who do have a ministry or business online. It's easy for women to look at us and kind of create this composite of the perfect woman. You know, they see Heather doing this great podcast and Kate over here writing these amazing books and Jamie being organized and, and, and it's easy to put all of those things onto one make-believe woman and assume that if we're not doing all those things, we are falling short. But we all have our awesomeness. I write about this in my book. God has given us each an awesome gift that only we can do. And we can't all be awesome at everything, but it's really easy for us in our, um, maybe in our insecurities to assume that everybody is awesome at everything except for us. Well, it's like we curate our Instagram or our Facebook to look perfect. So every now and then I just throw a post up of my, how the, the explosion in my kitchen when I cook, you know, just so people can see that things aren't good. I put one up recently about just dealing with anxiety and the struggles that I still have. I want people to know it might look pretty, but it's not pretty, not all the time. You know, there are great moments and wonderful things. And I think it's important that we do that. You know, I know we try to do that on this podcast. Just keep it real. 
you know, just this is real life. It's, it's a struggle. It's hard. There's great days and there's tough times, but it's not as pretty as it looks on social media. Especially for us work at home moms, we need to remind yeah. ourselves that because we do carry um, some maybe extra guilt of trying to juggle all of the things and be good at all the stuff. So Heather, do people understand or maybe even champion your choice to be a work at home mom or have you received any pushback? And what do you say when that happens? What do you say to the naysayers who maybe think you're wasting your time either using your gifts at home when you could be using them out in the world and making quite a lot more money or maybe maybe those who think that um, what you are doing there at home is not a quote unquote real job? Yeah, I mean, I think everything we've talked about, the challenges, even that challenge all come down to keeping our focus off God. So if I need someone outside of God to approve of my choice, that's when I get off track. If I feel like I have to do all the things because so-and-so I think has done all the things and I haven't talked to God about what's the thing you have for me to steward well, I get off track. If I feel like FOMO and I'm creating an assignment that wasn't given by God, I get off track. And I think in this case, in seasons when I'm looking for external validation, that's where I get messed up because, you know, people make a comment even as last week, Hey, are you still doing that blog? And I'm, and I was saying, well, I haven't written online in six years, but I have a podcast and then now everybody has podcasts. So it doesn't feel weighty enough, you know, to be an actual job. So someone says, well, how do you make money doing a podcast? So then you have to, you're doing a lot of explaining, but if my whole purpose in doing it is I need you to understand what I'm doing and give value to it, I'm probably going to not find that most of the time. But if I'm keeping my eyes fixed on God and I'm saying, God, is this the assignment for you? Is this assignment um, bringing you glory and honor or is it for my own self-glorification? take it away. Like I have to keep my heart right and on him, loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and not get distracted um, with having to convince people. I would tell a mom too. I was talking to a mom this weekend who's getting started in online ministry and not feeling like she can dedicate money to invest in it because is it a value? Is it a, a quote unquote job or not? I was talking to Jen Jet Barrett is her new name, uh, is her name now. And she said, you have to decide, is it a hobby? Is it a ministry or is it a business? And sometimes you transition through those. I feel like podcasting for me was a hobby, something I spent some money and time and I'm not expecting a return besides joy and using my gifts, kind of like scrapbooking. It's a lot of money you can throw at scrapbooking and the end goal is capturing memories in a book. Um, ministry, a lot of non-for-profits doing ministry. The goal is not profit. It's eternal returns that we may never see. And then there's business where you actually are making money. And for me, I transitioned through those and got to the business side so that I could then have the life that I wanted so that the money that came out of the podcast, I could put back into the podcast to get my weekends back. So I think take a second, talk to God about what is this assignment from you and, 
Am I looking for external validation? Have I not spent time talking to you about my identity and my destiny and my value? Um, and if it is from you, am I in the hobby stage, the ministry stage or the business stage? And I think too, recognizing that it can be both. It doesn't have, an, have to be an either or. I know that there was a time where I had to physically tell myself, yes, this has become a business, but it's still quite a ministry to my family because in earning money um, for my home, I'm able to then be able to invest that in the things that we need and things that we want to do. And so it, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both and, and that's okay. And like you said, sometimes it transitions, it starts out as one thing and transitions to something else. I think over the years, I have gotten some pushback for working from home. And, and actually, part of it is is my own fault. Whenever I'm asked what I do, I kind of stumble uh, around and, and trip over my words. I can't think of what to say or answer. Um, I'm kind of a, a person who, well, I, I like to, sometimes I write and, you know, I, I just stumble and make it harder for myself. But I have to remember, and you kind of alluded, it, alluded to it at the very beginning, women have been working from home since the beginning of the age. You know, if you, even if you look in scripture, we see Priscilla was a tent maker right alongside her husband, Aquila. Lydia was a wealthy woman who sold, you know, purple cloth. And, and later she was able to use those funds to outfit the church. She hosted, you know, the first church in Philippi, I believe it was, in her home because she had the money to do so. So she used this business as a ministry and outpouring for others. And over and over again, we see it in scripture and in history, women have been working from home and using their home as a home base to earn a living for centuries. And even if it's not for funds of a business, there, I just don't think we get like how much effort and work was into just cleaning the clothes, right? the bread. I mean, harvesting, it was all work. And work being the time and energy you put into something, and it wasn't so much energy into mothering as we put into mothering now. Exactly. And because we have the luxury of having some devices that make those parts of Technology, our, yeah. our jobs easier, we can then invest that time and energy into other types of jobs, but it's still work. It's still work from home. Yeah. So with that, what are some, maybe some things that you have had to delegate to be able to push off on someone else or perhaps something else, or maybe even learn to be okay with as you are focusing some energy on doing your work at home business. What are some things that you've had to let slide or give to someone else? I think one gift of recognizing where you, you aren't gifted is inviting your friends in to use their gifts. So I'm not organized, but I have some good friends that are. So I invited them over to clean out my pantry and see all my junk. And literally they took everything out and it covered every surface of my house. What was in just one pantry. And then they created an organizational system and I had to be humble enough to admit that I needed the help. But then it was such a blessing for them because oftentimes they'll say things like they feel like their gifts are undervalued because it's not a platform. It's not from a stage. It's not speaking. It's not writing books. And so they don't give as much value to it. And I'm like, I need you in my life to help me function better. So I want to give honor to you that that's valuable. 
Um, I think I, another area where I would struggle before to ask for help, but now I'm, I just have to is, um, inviting other moms into picking up my kids from school or carpool together. Whereas I would just didn't want to admit that I couldn't be in all the places all the time. It felt like weakness and like I'm failing if I couldn't balance my job and picking up my kids. And instead I found some of these moms again, don't feel like they're doing something important enough. And so if I say, you are helping me do this thing and you are on the team and I am so grateful for you because I can't be in all the places. They feel valued. I am, I am less stressed and my kids get a little bit of community. I'm not isolating them from their friends thinking we don't need people. So I think that's where I've been stretched to answer your question. Yeah, I love that. It kind of reminds me of just the trifold message of ministry where sometimes you're the doer, sometimes you're the sender, sometimes you're the prayer, sometimes you're the financer. You know, we all have our our niche and in the end we're that's all going to be credited to all of us because we're all um offering the gift that we have and in you inviting another mom to come alongside you, all the things that you're doing is kind of credited to her in some way too. And she gets to take part in that. That's wonderful. Kate, what about you? Do you have any, any tips for um, anything that you delegate or push off to someone else or maybe just wrestle feeling, okay, that has to be good enough? I delegate most house cleaning to my husband because he likes it more than me. <laughs> He's learned that, you know, I love to cook. I do not like to clean and I'm not organized and I'm kind of chaos doesn't bother me. It really bothers him. So I take full advantage of that and let him do as much cleaning as he'd like. He likes to vacuum. So I'm like, go for it, honey. You are so good at that. <laughs> so, which isn't really fair, but no, he, he's, we try to balance well, just the, the different tasks and things. And again, with no kids at home, it's not quite as chaotic and busy as it would be if you, you know, when you're a young mom with children and just all that comes with that. So, um, you know, I haven't had to delegate a whole lot, but, but then again, anything that's technical that I can't figure out, he'll take over and do those kind of things. So we kind of delegate back and forth to each other. And, you know, he lets me do the things that I love to do. He does the things he loves to do. And it seems to work out pretty well. Years ago, I told my kids, we're going to start a rotation of cooking dinners at night. And so they're each going to have a night where, you know, at first they have to start helping me cook, but then as I can pass the reins off to them and they're more proficient in the kitchen, then it's their turn to make dinner that night. And, and I could you know, give myself a whole lot of guilt about that, that I'm not cooking all these homemade meals like I used to. But now I'm seeing the fruit of that in that I have teenagers now who can cook a meal from start to finish. And that's a skill that's going to serve them well throughout the rest of their lives. So what could have been a point of guilt on my plate ended up being such a huge gift. I just had to release myself from the guilt and allow it to be what it actually was. And it really was a, a blessing for all of us. That's a great idea though, to let your kids help. I know my daughter does that. They're still really little, but they love to help with dinner. They love, and you're teaching them great skills. It helps them to, when they're grown, to run a household and make the meals and understand how you do that. So I think it's a great idea. But it's a mental shift that has to happen, especially if you're coming from being exclusively a stay-at-home mom and that's been your responsibility. It's, it's difficult at times mentally to shift gears and allow somebody to begin to step in and help you. 
Heather, um, before we close, I just want to know, what do you wish more people would understand about being a work-at-home mom? You know, in talking to other friends who are work-at-home moms, I think um, it can be isolating because you are giving up that lunch with friends. You are choosing, you know, you, you kind of have to work. And so in those in-between times and uh, for them to not feel bad about it, um, that sometimes school meetings and things do, don't consider the fact that there are moms who work full-time jobs and there are moms who do work from home jobs. And just because she's working from home doesn't mean she can be at all the things all the time, middle of the day meetings, um, to not, to not guilt them in those scenarios. And so I think, I think that would be just an awareness that because it does, it's not a traditional 40 hour a work week job or 60 people work more than that now, a 60 hour work week job, that it's still a job that we're trying to coordinate and manage. And it has sacrifices involved, just like a job outside the home would. Um, so just grace for people. And I think good communication. I had a friend recently tell me, I really, I really struggle to text you or call you in the middle of the day because I don't want to be a burden. I know you're homeschooling and you have work. And it just took me saying, you matter to me. I want to hear from you. And there will be times where I have to put my phone on silent and I won't be able to get back to you right away. But my relationship with you matters. And I don't want you to ever feel like you're a burden, but she needed me to say that out loud to her. So I think we can, we can do a great service to our personal relationships by just communicating that well and being able to say the things that need to be said. And deciding, I think again, just like we're intentional with time to connect with our husbands and our kids is I've set aside like once a week, I'm doing coffee or something with a friend so that I'm getting out of the house because I could just keep working. There's always something you can find to do, just like if you're in school and you could always be studying. So I have to choose to put the coffee and the exercise and the, the things in first and work on the other hours. Um, and that is a great benefit of working to from prioritize home. it. Yeah, yep. prioritize it. Mm-hmm. So where can our listeners connect with you more, Heather? Uh, you could find me anything labeled Don't Mom Alone. So don'tmomalone.com and then on Instagram and Facebook. That's where I am. Thank you so much, Heather. It's just been a joy to have you. I'm so glad you gave us some of your time as a work at home mom. I know it's limited, so we appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Balancing home and work life is never easy, but it becomes uniquely complicated when the two responsibilities are so tightly woven together, as is the case for us work at home moms. Keeping a well-defined work schedule, like Heather had mentioned, avoiding the social media trap that threatens to suck you in and waste precious time, and then recognizing what is yours to do and delegating all the rest will help to ensure sustainability and make sure that the work-at-home life is a gift that it truly can be. Thank you so much for joining us, Heather, and thank you listeners for giving us just a few minutes of your busy day, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, or a work-at-home mom. 
you wear a lot of hats and spin a lot of plates. So we don't take lightly your willingness to join us around the table. Stay tuned for part three of our Working Mom series when we'll be chatting all about working when you don't have a choice. Until then, we'd love it if you took just a second to weigh in on Instagram. Let us know about your experience balancing both home and work. We'd love to hear from you.